this is what's coming. Gotta just be open to God's will. There are things I still believe in. Though there's plenty that I don't. Some things I will concede. Plenty that I won't. Like silence isn't golden. If there's a hand around your throat. If you've got words, say them now, say them now. If you've got words, say them now, say them now. If you've got words, say them now, say them now. Oh, you better say them now. change the world, want to have your say, in the future that keeps coming, oh and shout your someday, there are those who keep you silent, or else discredit you, counter your convictions with their pallid points of view, don't you dare be told you're not old enough to know what's true. Oh, if you've got words, say them now, say them now. If you've got words, say them now, please say them now. If you've got words, say them now, say them now. Too long I kept my silence, I never said a word. Silence that betrays 
Hello listeners, hello followers, <clears throat> welcome to Mentally Sound Life and Lockdown podcast series. Well, I don't think I've ever had a, a better intro to our podcast uh, as, as good as that before. Um, more about that in a second. But if you thought you were, you might have accidentally tuned into something else, you haven't. It is Mentally Sound, let me assure you of that. It's not a music show, but it's a very heavily music-themed show. And that's thanks largely to our guest that you've just heard there. A quick reminder that Mentally Sound is a mental health and mental well-being show. So if you are going to hear, you know, something that is of a sensitive nature to you, please, please, please um, go and find out your, your nearest help, your nearest nurse, therapist, GP. Because part of Mentally Sound's um, signposting is that we, we, you know, we urge people to get the help that they need because, you know, we don't want you guys to suffer, which is why we're here. A quick reminder of what Mentally Sound is as well regarding our podcasts. So we are a mental health radio show. And given as we were all blindsided last year, the year of 2020, I decided to put these podcasts out. And thanks to Spice FM, our local West End station. So a quick reminder, you can you can listen to us on 98.8 FM. It goes out every Tuesday at 1 o'clock. And glad to say that we get a repeat day as well. And that is on the Saturday at 3. Awesome. And a quick reminder of our social media, because you can listen to us on those platforms as well. On Twitter, we're at underscore Mentally Sound. On Facebook, we're Mentally Sound Radio Show. And Instagram, Mentally Sound Radio. All one word. I'm your host, Ricky Thamen. And my special guest today, he's a friend of the show. He's been on a couple of times before. He is the very awesome Steve Pledger. Steve, how are you doing? I'm good, Ricky. Thanks for having me on again, mate. How are you doing? I'm not too bad. I'm, I'm, well, if, if I was to be truly, truly, truly brutally honest, I'm kind of buzzing because, uh, you know, for you, for to, to be in privilege of, of hearing you perform and doing this for us, I'm, 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 I'm chuffed. Thanks, oh, man. Thank you. It's my absolute pleasure. Thank yeah. you, buddy. Cheers. We've been, uh, we've been trying to do this for a while, haven't we? Um, <laughs> we have. Yeah. We have. It's, um, yeah, it's it's been quite a road to get to this, isn't it? Yeah, just One glad it's happening. But um, I'm really glad it's happening now, so yeah. So and I'm even more chuffed to say, listeners, that this is our 40th uh, episode that we're recording, so it's really nice timing that we got Steve to not only chat to us, but to play live as well, and he'd be performing a couple more tracks later on as well. Um, Steve, um, if, if, if my memory serves me correctly, I think we met you first about a couple of years ago. You popped into the studio along with Graham and Bino, with their projects, yeah. the RT projects and down by the river. That's right, isn't it? That's it, exactly. Yeah, yeah. the RT projects being. Um, and was it? Was uh, it? Was it? Was it specific? I know we've you've done we've done some stuff since, but at that time, if you recall, was it? Um, so I think it was about 2017, 18. Were you working on sort of mental health projects along those guys at that time? We we were, yeah. And I was I was trying to think earlier actually at what point it was that we we came in, but but basically, um, uh, Bino had written a. a a poem mm-hmm. effectively and um between us all the idea came of putting that to music and yeah. sort of putting that out along with uh some other tracks donated by various artists mm-hmm. um with a, a mental health and mental well-being theme mm-hmm. uh to help sort of raise some funds for rt projects and, and obviously raise awareness and um 
Mm. You know, if we can, you know, if the music can reach out and, and uh, hold out a hand to somebody, then then that's just fantastic. So, so we were at some point in putting that process together. I'm not. I think we may have come in to see you before we'd actually gone and recorded it. Yeah. I think, if memory serves. But yeah, that but that did happen, and um, it's it's been it's been an absolute joy of a project to, to be involved yeah, in. Yeah, I think um, RT projects, their slogan being art saves lives, and it literally does, yeah. doesn't it, on on Absolutely. this occasion. Um, so yeah. fast forward, um, I think a year or two, um, Bino from RT projects put on a live Facebook event, didn't he, uh, a few months mm-hmm. back. Was it October, November time, around the around the, um, uh, the day of World Suicide Prevention Day, or so, I think, I or think World was, Suicide yeah. Awareness Time, wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, yeah. that project being Don't Give Up, I believe, which you yeah. also partook in. So do you want to tell <clears> listeners what that was about? Sure thing. Well, I mean, it's all kind of part and parcel of the of the song that, that came together. Um, Bino's um, piece was called What If? Mm-hmm. And so that, that sort of became the... Um, the, the single was the last track on a com- on a compilation album that we that, that was put out um, called "What If Never Give Up." We actually played that um, on the podcast uh, after I interviewed Bino as well. Oh, actually, yeah, excellent! Oh, yeah. good stuff. Thanks, yeah. man. Thank it's you. Right. No. Yeah, and so that that was um that was the sort of culmination of that really. Yeah, us recording the track and 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 it was Graham who sort of spearheaded the, the pulling together of all the other artists and, and songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, a, it's a, yeah, you, you can sort of find it on Bandcamp and everything. What if never yeah. give up? And it, um, yeah. And so that, that sort of, it became that thing and then it grew into a, uh, into a live uh, sort of concert. There was a sort of launch for it mm-hmm. and it's become a, um, a sort of touchstone, I think. And stuff. So, yeah, yeah, I mean that that, that gig brilliant. back. It was a live Facebook event we took part in, didn't we? It was back in sort yeah. of last autumn. We'll talk. We'll talk more about that later because I think yeah, that was a cool. really, um, it was a really moving event to be to be involved in. A lot of people attended, um, including some notable figures. Um, one which kind of hit me, um, involving a very popular '90s band. I think you know who I'm I'm talking about there. So, <laughs> The percussionist out of M people, I believe, was also an attendee. Yes, of course, yes. of course, Crumbs, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, I know. That was, I, uh, I didn't even realise at the time who he was. I, well, but, I didn't know either, I didn't know either. Yeah. It was sort of a nice surprise, because I felt we were in the... Such um, guy. Yeah, we were in the... We were in the uh, the presence of musician royalty, I felt. Um, you know, um, I know. It, it was sort of being allude, alluded to a couple of times. And then, of course, when it was all over, I went away and Googled. And I went, good grief. Yeah, do, you know, <laughs> do you know what was funny about it? It was that um, I um, I do remember reading an article regarding uh, this chap. And um, I, I did know that he, he kind of like upsticked and moved up to the region to set up a well-being centre, you know, regarding guys' mental health as well. So that was a... That was real, and what 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 was quite funny was was that um, I remember Bino asking at the start. He was asking sort of my advice as to how we should how we should sort of take care of sound and all that sort of thing. People talking, and I'm thinking I've just given advice to a, a famous guy or a band. I mean, who am I for God's sake? It should be him. This be telling us how it's all done in terms of acoustics and everything. You know that yeah, kind of thing, or even someone like yourself. That's the lovely, lovely. Um, collaborative element, isn't it? And everybody's yeah. just kind of pooling their resources and skills and thoughts on things. And yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, it's yeah, it was it was a really positive. Yeah, we'll we'll talk that. We'll talk thing. more about it uh, later sure. on because that was a really cool, um, very moving um, moment, especially when it came mm. to you know lighting candles for people that we've lost yeah. to to suicide. I know it's yeah. it's affected me as well, but I would like to di- divulge more into yourself and your background and uh, your influences. I think we we kind of touched on that, but 
we have a whole podcast to to talk endlessly about that. So feel free <laughs> to talk about how how you got involved with with music and uh, what your influences were, and specifically um, kind of doing art for good, as it were. You know, raising awareness for the kind of projects that you know you and I do. Yeah. I mean, so for me, I, I don't really remember a time in life when uh, I didn't listen to music. Obviously, the music my mum and dad were playing when I was small. Yeah. I remember Carpenters and John Denver and yeah. uh, Elvis Presley and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and I was, I remember as a kid, I was I was really into Elvis. I was heavily into Elvis Presley for, for right. years as, okay. from a small kid. Yeah, I, up until sort of my early teens, I think. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I've still got a you know, huge amount of admiration for him now, you know, as, a, as an artist. But, um, yeah, so Elvis was there. And again, thinking back, you know, that, that image of the guy with the guitar, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know that that, even though I don't, you know, I don't see myself in any way, shape, or form as, as an aesthetic <laughs> in the same way that Elvis was, you know what I mean? Um, but, but that was just such a strong image and it stayed with me. And I, yeah. and I think the, the, the sort of more pastoral, sounds of, of John Denver and mm. that, that sort of 70s singer-songwriter thing mm. w- was there in tandem and mm. sort of carried me along. And, and then as, as a teenager, I remember getting uh, really into Die Straits. I, I still love Mark Knopfler's writing and, mm-hmm. and obviously his playing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's extraordinary stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got into like, my favourite band of all time is the Canadian rock band Rush. I, still, I just still <laughs> adore Rush, which is totally different to what I do. Yeah. And the reason I mentioned this was because up until that point, I was about 18 or 19, and I'd sort of had these artists. It was particularly Elvis, Dire Straits, Rush, mm. okay? And I didn't really listen to much else yeah. because I thought, these guys are brilliant, and that's it, mm. at those different stages. And then when I was about 18 or 19, I was working with a guy uh, who started just to sort of, just in the natural course of things, we became mates, and he would start lending me some tapes and stuff. And, mm. and have you heard this? And have you heard that? Mm. And I thought, my goodness, of course, I'm, I'm being a fool. There's a whole world of amazing music yeah, out yeah, there, you know. Yeah. There's, there's so many styles, and it all has its uh, its worth and its value. Yeah. And I, I, I was sort of introduced to again some people who are a little bit more edgy, for want of a less naff word, mm-hmm. but who were also just a person and a guitar. Yeah. And I started to realise the, the power of one voice and one instrument. Mm. Uh, and I that really sort of lit a fire in me. Yeah. And that's when I started. I, don't, I played a little bit of guitar when I was early teens, but that's when I really started to pick the guitar up again mm. and try and express myself through that. Mm. And I started to write songs, and it, and it, it was all appalling, but it was just, <laughs> there was some, some something there that made me think, no, I want to pursue this. And I don't mean in a career sense. Yeah. I want to keep writing. I yeah. want to keep playing. I want to try and develop this. So yeah. Yeah, that's where it yeah. started, so what was the genres that, that kind of lit that fire? Are we talking sort of more, you say you say sort of more um, edgy stuff, but was, are we talking yeah. things like um, protest music, sort of songs which might have had a political edge towards it, which kind of... Yeah. I mean, I mean a lot of people forget that even even someone like Elvis, a lot of a lot of his songs had a, bit, had a social uh, side to it as well, didn't they? A couple of them did, and they were often the ones that have really stuck with people, like In the yeah. Ghetto, yeah. and um, he'd always got that sort of um passion that just hit you in the gut and mm. when he when he sort of put that together with a meaningful lyric i know he didn't write them but you know he sung them as if they were his own yeah yeah so powerful yeah. but yeah I, I got into um people like elvis costello yeah and um uh, don mclean i mentioned because i got into him around that time as well even though he's not well actually he was doing some kind of protest stuff in the 60s with pete seeger mm-hmm. but elvis costello against that edge graham parker who i love yeah one of the the big um watershed moments for me was this guy lending me uh, a, a 
copy of a, a Graham Parker album called Live Alone in America. Right. Again, just yeah. him and the guitar. Yeah. That really had a big impact on me. Mm-hmm. And again, is that sort of, even with just one instrument and one voice, that reaching out and grabbing mm. the listener by the, the by the lapels, you know, yeah, yeah, and giving yeah. them a shake, not in a, you know, a negative way, mm-hmm. but just, you know, music, mm. art in general, you want it to, it's visceral, it should sort of hit you in the, in the chest a little bit. Um, sometimes in a more subtle way. Especially when it's, it when it's effect. quite progressive, I would say as well. I mean, when, sure. I mean, as a kid, um, not, not too dissimilar to, 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 I mean, yeah, we had Elvis in the house, um, not literally, but <laughs> um, uh, actually, there's a there's a funny story. We did have someone really famous. Uh, I'll I'll tell you about that after. But um, right. we um yeah, I mean, I think I struggled to find um, a genre in which I could sort of uh, um, really kind of get into. I remember like eighties, um, a lot of sort of chart dance, sort of ravey stuff, which I didn't really kind of latch onto, although. Looking back, I, I find I find why it was the way it was, and and I can listen to some of that stuff now. Or it might have been the Melody Maker, but but they did a feature on uh, Seattle and the grunge scene, and I was like, oh, this is intriguing because they was they were calling it the new the new Mersey beat, you know the, yeah. um, but very quickly it kind of burnt out. So um, you know, Britpop came along, and I felt that I couldn't really get into that because having listening to something quite progressive to go into something that was quite you know. A little bit jingoistic, a little bit kind of, yeah. um, you know, cool Britannia, which you know is relevant, and I'm not, I'm not dissing it, but I know what you mean. It felt a bit derivative. Well, it was very derivative, wasn't it? Yeah, there's, there's nothing yeah. wrong with with tipping a hat to a particular mm. style or, or generation, but it was so sort of, um, you couldn't sort of quite separate it from from its influences. Whereas, yeah. whereas grunge, you know, Nirvana and the whole Seattle scene, mm. that felt fresh. I know. I think. I mean, a lot of the bands around that mid nineties, the, the Britpop scene. I think a lot of their better stuff actually came later on. I I went to see um, David Bowie at the Newcastle Arena, which was like the first, wow. the first gig that they had at the arena, which was originally built for basketball and ice hockey, mm-hmm. I think. And then I bought his outside album the next day. So then I got into introduced to Brian Eno. And then I was listening to a lot of seventies punk, and and it, even though it was twenty years afterwards, it still kind of felt fresh to me because it resonated from what I was listening to before. And even even with instrumentals like what what Brian Eno was doing, you know, my mental state at that time because I was developing, you know, you know, uh, symptoms of PTSD, and it was listening to to the likes of Brian Eno, his his music, particularly like his late seventies, early eighties stuff, like music for airports. Sure, it was. It was it was it was like the healing that I that I um, was longing after. So, but Steve, before I think we're due your next uh, little number. But before that, um, a little bit about how you then transferred that into wanting to express um, songs about emotions and feelings, as, as as you know you've been doing around with with RT project and so on. Sure, sure. Well, I mean. Right from the word go, and as, as I said, and I'm not being falsely modest, I wrote a lot of bad stuff <laughs> early on. But I, I always, I, I was never really into sort of songs about, um, you know, all the you know partying and having a drink yeah. and you know love your baby kind of stuff. No, I never yeah, really floated my boat, and I had no desire to to try and put any of that sort of stuff into and I'm, I'm not knocking it, it has its place but I had no mm. desire to put any of that into my own songs either so I was mm. always looking for something that had some substance and I think for me any art form is is at its, at its best 
when it's looking into the the shadows a little bit, looking into the dark corners. Yeah. And um, you know, and, and some people, you know, we all want different things from these things. Some people want more of a distraction. Mm-hmm. Um. But I think a lot of us, we find, like you did with, with the Brian Eno uh, mm-hmm. instrumental stuff you referred to, because mm-hmm. you, you don't always know where you're going to find it, mm-hmm. but you find something that just connects with your inner being, yeah. you know, and resonates with you in such an amazing way. And for mm-hmm. me, songs that touch on, you know, the, the harder stuff in life, mm-hmm. they, they come along and, and really mm-hmm. pick me up and, um, and, uh, and help was it was it was it a challenge then was it a challenge or did you find it quite natural to sort of um get inspiration to to write lyrics from deep within what what you or others might have been feeling um that's a good question i think i don't think it was something i rationalized i didn't sort of think about what will i write about or what do i want to write about i think Mm. i just naturally sort of levitated towards that and probably Mm. because my you know my like many of us, of course, I tend to think about stuff, you know, and yeah. sometimes too much <laughs> and dwell mm-hmm. on things and ponder. But, you know, that's, that's yeah. all part of the, the creative thing. Mm-hmm. So I think it was sort of natural to for those things to bubble up mm-hmm. to the surface. Yeah. Um, but in terms of sort of mental health and stuff, my um, I know my wife won't mind me mentioning this because it's, it's happened a little before. Um my wife uh, struggles a great deal with depression yeah. and anxiety has done for for a number of years now, mm-hmm. probably for longer than we actually realized. Mm-hmm. Um, so my personal, I, I, I've had spells of it, but I'm, I'm not somebody who suffers with it. Okay? Yeah. So for me, my real introduction to, to the sharp end yeah. of mental health yeah. was trying to come to terms with the struggles my wife was going through. Yeah. Um, and at the first, not understanding it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as for many people who haven't experienced it, mm-hmm. either personally or with close friends or relatives, it was a bit of a mystery to me. And, mm-hmm. you know, you almost, I almost found myself falling into that kind of, well, what's yeah. the problem? What have you got to be, you know, that, that kind of awful thing that we all cringe at when we hear it because it mm-hmm. helps nobody. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was a learning process for mm-hmm. me. So when I wrote a song called Me in the Silence, Mm-hmm. Um, that was a little bit further down the line, but it was still, it was very much me speaking from the point of view of somebody yeah. who's, uh, whose mind is in the darkness, but mm-hmm. trying to, and this is what songs do, I think, and art does, trying to inhabit that and put myself in their shoes, basically. And what does sure. that feel like? And, 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 and I know you can't do that, can't do that, mm-hmm. but there are, there are reference points for all of us that we go, well, I know what it feels like to be down. I know what it feels like to feel apart from the rest of the world. You know, we've all yeah. had those moments. Yeah. What must it feel like if that mm. is your day-to-day experience, mm. if it's magnified a hundredfold mm-hmm. and there's never, or not often any particular reason for it. My mm. goodness. You know, and the, so I've had to come to terms with it, both through my personal relationship with my wife um, mm-hmm. and also, in an attempt to vocalise that and, and write about it. So, yeah. Awesome, awesome. Well, thanks very much for, for speaking kindly on behalf of your wife. Um, really appreciate that. And Yeah, and, and, and I, again, I should, I should tip my hat and, and credit yeah. my wife for the fact that I know she's, she's okay with me saying that because, mm. um, yeah. And how she, how she, how she, a quick, a quick, um, quick word about her, how she been in lockdown, she been all right? Thanks for asking, man. Um, I think prior to the end of last year, it was... Uh, you know, we're kind of doing okay. Mm. January is always a tough time for her, yeah. for her, as yeah. it is for many. Yeah. And I think this time it's it's really sort mm. of hit her harder. So, um, you know, she's she's doing okay, 
but okay. yeah, it's been it's been a real tough tough time. For sure, him, the sure everyone involved. The sure sends our regards. And, uh, Thanks, my friend. Thank and uh, yeah, regarding last year, um, I think it was a big year, wasn't it? We've got a lot to talk about yeah. that. But yeah. before we do, and yeah. um, we reach the point of your next number, uh, a quick a quick word about your opening number that you that you started off as. What uh, was the theme to that? And yeah, it's it's called the Baptist's Father, and it's really um, sort of about the importance of um, of speaking out. Yeah, uh, if we feel able to, mm-hmm. when we can, and if we have the words. Because uh, sometimes we don't have the words, you know, yeah. and sometimes for whatever reason our voices are silenced, and and uh, you know, so it's it's just that importance of not feeling inhibited, uh, you know, and and that, that we don't have a voice. Mm-hmm. I know sometimes we don't always feel able to raise it, and that's absolutely fine. But when we do, we should. So yeah, okay. and it's I, I was really it um it recently won the, the song of the year award. Oh, to my amazement, um, by Fatia magazine. So I was. Uh, oh, belated congratulations! Yeah, yeah. Awesome. yeah thanks, man. Yeah, it was. Uh, that was quite a, a shock. Awesome. <laughs> In a nice way. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. All right, so um, I'll, I'll say a little bit about this afterwards yeah, if you please. like. This is called Rosita. Inside of late, I've put off jobs and put on weight. Well, you know how easily I do. TV says I'm not alone. Netflix and a mobile phone are cold comfort substitutes for you. Well, I keep the house and take a stroll. Exercise self-control. I don't touch the beers till after five. That's when the latest news comes through of what we must and must do just to stay alive. Half past ten and off I head, take myself off to bed. There's nothing to stay up for Eventually I'm off to sleep Until loud that I leap When I hear you coming through the door Oh, I rush downstairs And there you stand The front door keys to your hand I'll take your coat And I'll hang it in the hall You ask me how my day has been To take your mind off things you've seen And I ask you the same when I see the first tear fall
enough day begins too soon, you'll be back on the ward by noon. Just how the hell you do it, I don't know. Cause I see the toll that it takes on you with everything that you go through. My proud place each day to watch you go. You shut the gate, close the door, and I'm home once more. I'm safe and sound, wishing you were too. Until the early hours when you would be back home again. Well, I'll think of little else but you. And again you'll ask about my day and we'll pass a little time away as the light outside begins to show. You'll tell me then what it's been made, what it's been like since you were here for 16 hours. Awesome. God, thanks, man. Do you know what it is? You, you, you very in front of me, and I still fluff them at the end. No, no, you. I recognise that immediately because you donated that track when I asked you for one of our earlier podcasts. Do you remember? I had like. Yeah, 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 yeah. I that. Yes. So that that got its second airing, a live version. So I'm I'm extra pleased about that. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, bud. Yeah. Thank you, man. Um. Steve, I think um, yeah. Last year, I know, I know you you had a very kind of eventful year, but before we talk about that, um, um, we we've had musicians and and artists um as guests on on these podcasts previous, and the one thing I've always asked them is about you know the future of the arts in lockdown and and the pandemic. How do you see it from your own point of view, from a professional's point of view, and how, just how how's the industry is 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 gonna get through this if at all yeah uh, man that's a great question one of which i have an answer to um mm. i mean from a personal point of view and I, I don't want to sort of dwell on that too much because i think it's uh, i know the musical uh, musical the music industry is made up of individuals but you yeah. know it's not i mean from a personal point of view it it feels very strange i mean that when it all kicked off last march when i think we, we, we realized you know how serious it was going to be. I remember sitting in front of my laptop um, for a few days, solid, basically just watching gigs fall off, just having yeah. to edit websites and, yeah. and event pages and stuff, and, and seeing my gigs disappear. Mm. And I was kind of numb at the time, and it was only really afterwards I think it really mm. hit as to what had just happened. Mm. And I think particularly for people who are working at a grassroots level, mm. um, and this applies not just to artists, but to, to venues and promoters and, and yeah. to agents and others, yeah. you know, there's a whole momentum thing that yeah. goes on. And and that just went. It's a ripple know, effect, uh, isn't it? It just affects people. It, it in is. And, yeah. yeah, exactly. And and at the start, it just, that ripple kind of, it was seismic. It just, mm. it just went and flattened everything. Mm. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's that sort of feeling very much at sea, wondering quite how we get that going again later uh, yeah i don't know and of course that half the problem is you you know you have to plan in advance for these yeah. things the arts plan so much in advance and mm. we still don't know when the advance is that we can plan for yeah. so and i think everybody's feeling that so uh, i am too uh and in terms of you know i i fear for mm. For the future, for the arts, I don't say that it can't come back. Of course, mm. it, I'm certain it will. Whether mm. how long it will be until it looks anything like the same, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I think for me, the the, the the important thing is opportunity. 
mm-hmm. for everybody um, uh, and how we find ways, even if they mm-hmm. are new ways, of making mm-hmm. opportunities possible yeah. for, for the artists and everybody who works in that mm-hmm. in that area. But there will be those who have already fallen away. I know of venues have closed. I know mm-hmm. of promoters who have uh, acknowledged that they're not going to be yeah. coming coming back yeah. i don't you know people don't have to the audience out there don't have to know because it doesn't it doesn't matter in a mm. sense but there is so much work and so much pressure and stress that goes into making things that seem relatively easy yeah. happen um again that, that's it's not a complaint it's what many choose to do but when things like this come along they just pull the rug out from under that from a so. from a from a personal point of view um as i as i you know alluded to before how you know, music for my emotions and how it's a very therapeutic um, thing for me, whether it's attending a live gig or just, just putting on a piece of vinyl. Um, yeah. from, a, from a performer's point of view, though, um, playing in front of a live audience, um, God, that must, that must feel like a huge void for you at the moment, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, 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 yeah. <laughs> Once again, you, you, you know, you want to be careful because you don't want to sort of sound all kind of woe is me you know yeah, yeah, <laughs> when this yeah. when so many other people have been affected in so many terrible ways mm. but I, I, the, the best thing i've i've seen or heard i can't remember if i read it or heard it in an interview mm. uh somebody was talking about this it was probably around the time of the whole retrain thing you know artists go oh you know you'll just have to retrain and do something else mm. and people trying to say but okay you know but you have to understand you know, I've had all sorts of ordinary jobs, if, mm. if you can call it that, right? Mm. Um, and, you know, you go and do that job to the best of your ability and, you know, there are aspects of it you enjoy, there are probably aspects of it you don't, whatever. Yeah. But, you, you know, getting up on stage and playing in front of people, mm. that ain't just a job. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, and whether you're performing in music or you're acting or, or whatever, mm. there is, you are doing that because there is something within you that absolutely... Because you guys literally, literally um, invest all your feelings and emotions into, yeah, not only writing um, the songwriting element, but when you're out there on stage in front of people. I mean, that's the, it's like the the coup de grace, isn't it? It's the ultimate yeah. delivering of art, and you're, not to not have that. I mean, yeah, you're so right. You're so right, and and you and you you miss that like crazy because it's such an integral part of mm. who you are and, and what yeah. you do. You know, and that that connection. Um, you know, I, don't, I never felt that in my various factory jobs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, but I feel it in this. So whilst I would be wanting to get back for all the right and practical reasons and wanting to support the family, uh, if I had that that job still, you know, whatever. I'm not. Yeah. This isn't me saying there's a spe- special case for people in the arts, but there is. Yeah, yeah there's that that kind of um, just something at the very just pitch. channeling channeling all that energy into something else mm. is 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 not easy is it i mean no. i can understand no. yeah i mean when people say retrain i mean they're not wrong but i think mm. for people who do the kind of unique work that you guys do yeah. um to to channel that into other areas and having that same sort of you know uh, feeling that you get when playing live it, you, it's yeah. not something that can you can replicate i mean when i when i've been on stage and i've introduced acts from you know when i used to curate gigs I myself get a quite a euphoric feeling, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, for yeah, you yeah, guys absolutely. who actually perform the damn thing, I mean, it's <laughs> it's it's that times a hundred. Uh, it must be. Yeah. So how you it's just yeah, yeah. can't can't replace it's, it's, it. It's an irreplaceable buzz, yeah. um, and it's not just the, the the buzz of doing it, and particularly if you're, um, no, I don't want to say particularly, but it's 
yeah, it, it, it's a buzz. It, it feels good to the point where almost sometimes afterwards you feel guilty for the fact that you enjoyed it as much as you yeah, did as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but more than the buzz, and I keep coming. I keep saying this word, but more than the buzz, it's the connection. You mm. have a connection with the audience mm. in the room. You know, on a, on a night where it's all working and everybody's in sync, that is indescribable. Mm. Mm. Um, you do not get or find that anywhere else. You don't get it from an online gig either. Mm. You know, as, as great as it is that, that, that that's a, an avenue people can go down mm. at the moment, it, mm. it really is better mm. that than nothing, I tell you. Yeah, yeah. But it's not the same. Yeah. And and to, to lose that is is horrible. Mm. But just very briefly, the, the retrain thing, you're right, there is a practical aspect to that. But it also, I think the way it was delivered and spoken of showed a real lack of understanding yeah. not just about what the arts mean to the people who are providing them yeah. but also how valuable they are yeah. to us all of us as who consume the arts if you want yeah. to call it that uh, who appreciate and enjoy them because we're, we're fighting ultimately to, to save the industry aren't we we want yeah when people say art nourishes the soul they're not wrong we we want to maintain yeah. that you know retraining exactly. retraining is all well and good but we're at risk of yeah. losing the kind of thing that, that that gets us motivated, the kind of thing that that totally that elevates yeah. us into you know yeah, and also to well-being. you know for, for, as I say for the rest of, for the rest of the world us included who um uh, you know who are the benef- beneficiaries of, of art as yeah. well it's like you know it'd be so easy just to sort of say oh well you know you just have to go and get another job uh, and. But you also sort of if if anybody were actually being that callous you you sort of want to sort of say to them yeah but. Is your life going to be richer or poorer mm. if we all clear off and get other jobs? Yeah, yeah. What, what's helped get you through this last twelve months period? Yeah. Has it has it been you know this this that and the other, or has it been the films you've watched, the music mm. you've listened to, mm. the books you've read? You exactly. know, um, you know, it's it's. I'm not, I'm not saying it's any more important than the practical aspects of life, but it's not necessarily any less important either. You know, it's part and parcel of who we are as as human beings. Absolutely, and absolutely. Oh, I could, yeah. Thanks, thanks for that. Yeah, I think I felt that you get got a lot off of my own chest by saying all that. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> truly agree with me. But uh, we can't, we can't, we can't go out. We can't um, finish this podcast without talking about what you went through personally last year. It was, it was a big thing. I mean, am I right in saying that you did actually contract COVID? Yeah. Um, yeah, in, in all but name. In as much as I, um, it, it sort of really hit me. Uh, it was about the 10th of April. That's the date I yeah. sort of um, had in my mind is when I pretty much knew where I was, mm-hmm. where, where I was at. Um, so I contracted it, I guess, end of March, early April. Mm-hmm. At that point, it was impossible to get tested. Yeah. And the thing is with COVID as well, as we probably all know now, mm-hmm. you know, a positive test is only going to show up fairly early on. Yeah, you know, if, yeah. if you're two weeks into it, forget it. It's just not going to. Mm. You, know, you might get, you might get an antibody test, mm-hmm. but that came in later. So I never had a, a, a positive um, a result of saying yes, you have COVID. But at the same time, I had it. You, you, know you mean? knew what it was, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, it, you know, everybody gets different variations of the symptoms, and I'm not here saying that I had it. Um, especially bad. I didn't have to go in the hospital. Mm-hmm. I did have an ambulance come out once or twice, but I, I, I think it was probably. I certainly didn't have to go into hospital and it probably in retrospect wasn't necessary for them to come, but you know, mm. things have gotten, mm. you know, to that point where we were, we were worried about it. Um, so even a mild yeah. dose of this thing, and I was being careful. Mm. I was being careful. Mm. Um, I think I remember, cause I, I mean, yeah. 
as a friend, and I'm sure all your other friends on social media on reading some of the posts that you'd put, were actually kind of really, really worried. Because um, I think you were the, one of the first ones who was expressing um, quite early on what it's like to have this disease and what you were going through. Yeah. When you talked yeah. about feeling breathlessness especially, where, where you were having bouts where, oh, Steve's back, he said, he said he's feeling better. Then all of a sudden a post will come out and say, Oh, I'm kind of feeling out of breath again. I'm going to have to go away yeah. for a bit. I mean, yeah. I mean, we, I don't think we'd known about long COVID by then. Are we? No, are we talking about long COVID as well with with you? Yeah, basically. And yeah. I, I've got friends who have had it as well. I've got one or two friends who had it sort of similar level of, as me, yeah. and I've got other friends who've had it far, far worse. Um, yeah. Some of whom have spoken publicly. Some have haven't. Mm-hmm. So yeah, long COVID. And um, you're right. There were there are sort of several ebbs and flows i mean that song last time i played Reseda, i recorded yeah. that end of may mm-hmm. when i thought i was i thought oh wow i feel so much better yeah. and this was a common thing as well you have sort of five or six weeks and then you often feel pretty good it's yeah. no guarantee yeah. so within a week i sort of wrote and recorded and released that and then i mm-hmm. felt awful again mm-hmm. um and then i would say sort of october time mm-hmm. i guess i really sort of felt like i'd moved forward yeah um and I've not actually really said much about it on Facebook or anything since then. But if I'm being brutally honest, mm-hmm. and I'm happy to be so, um, there have been spells, yeah. even until very recently. I'm mean, yeah. talking like in the last few days, where I will, um, the breathing's a little bit, it's nothing dramatic, but you just, I spoke to somebody about it and we described it. It's, a, it's like being at a slightly high altitude, Yeah, you know. At least that's what it's been like for me. I'm not yeah. talking about people who are on ventilators and stuff, but it's like you're getting the breath, but you know you're not getting mm. the quality of it. Mm. Um, but also fatigue. Yeah. Uh, you just wiped out. Um, yeah. So that's that still happens now. Yeah. Um, but have you been I, on a, a long stretch where when you get these bouts, they're becoming milder and milder? So it's sort of yeah. like, yeah. So that, that's exactly it. So yeah. what happens is that the better spell, and I'm feeling, I'm feeling absolutely fine tonight, and you can probably tell I'm just... <laughs> yeah, for in a way. Um, but um, yeah, you, you have longer spells of, of feeling pretty normal. Yeah. And then you maybe have a spell where you're a bit up and down a bit, but you're never quite as up and down as mm-hmm. you were before. Well, that's how it's been my experience. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm getting this, this sensation that this is the tail end of it. Yeah. And that, I don't know, maybe for the next six weeks, eight weeks, whatever, it'll still, mm-hmm. you know, it'll just mm-hmm. remind you that it's been there. Mm-hmm. But. What I would say is, however mild it was for me, there were spells last year where I felt absolutely awful, yeah. and I had some real bad anxiety with it as well. It, it kind of well, that was going to be my next question. That was going to be my next question. So, we know of all the physical aspects towards it, but how how are you feeling from a mental well being side? Apart from, yeah. I guess, the anxiousness and worry. I mean, um, you know, your partner who regularly has. Um, mental health, yeah. witnessing you going through what you're going through, it would have been yeah. quite traumatic for her as well. I oh, I, I, it was, and I've got to say, she was amazing. I mean, yeah. you know, considering the struggles that she, yeah. you know, contends with anyway. Yeah. Um, I mean, f- fortunately f- for us, um, she was doing reasonably well mm-hmm. at that point when things happened. So she was sort of really able to step up and help me out, yeah. which was uh, a real blessing. But, and also, of course, um, sometimes when when something happens and you you have to respond to it, yeah. um, that can also give you that little bit of a lift and enable you to sort of mm. you know step above mm. you know your own circumstances mm. momentarily at least. 
so she was fantastic. Um, yeah, it was low. I, I was often low for all the practical reasons, yeah. but also the, 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 the you know the effects of it. Mm. But there was one, probably one week, mm. where it just hit me like a like a truck. Yeah. Real, um, I felt so anxious, and so and it you know just gripped hold of me in a way mm. that I had not experienced possibly ever, and certainly not for many years. Yeah. And I, I remember saying to my my wife Becky, I said, you know, you know, if this is how you're feeling. Yeah. A lot of the time, yeah. my goodness. I mean, you know, as I said, I've, I've hopefully become more empathetic over the years. I'm, you know, um, and more, uh, more understanding and, and, and patient. But it was a hell of an insight. You know, I said, if this is what you are, well, exactly. I mean, I think a lot of people, a lot of people, express for for people who don't regularly have mental health and going through lockdown um, when they suddenly feel the the depression, the isolation in particular. Yeah. Um, and then the empathy comes as, oh, this is what people who regularly have it anyway must go through. So if anything, and I've said this regularly throughout the podcast, as some of my guests have, that the empathy of what others go through is is one of the silver linings out of all this, I guess, and we yeah. can do something about this. But from an artistic point of view, Steve, how did it, I mean, uh, I hope it doesn't sound too crass in a way, but do you feel, has the experience sort of inspired you to, write about more i know you released the track and you just played but um has it has it led to more sort of songwriting about what you went through and, and... it sort of has in a way although again i, I try to um <clears throat> i mean that last song Rosita, is um sort of written from the perspective of, of um in my mind at least of a guy who's at home yeah. and sees his, his partner mm-hmm. go out uh, into, you know, onto what has been called, unfortunately, the front line. I mean, I, <laughs> I have issues with that in some ways, yeah. uh, but that's n- not out of any disrespect to the people who are, are at what we colloquially call the front line. Um, but you know, seeing, seeing his partner go out and thinking, "My good grief, you are," I have, you know, it breaks my heart to see what you are having to go through. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the pride, the respect, the fear, all those emotions and everything. So that was. I didn't set out to write a song about. That had anything to do with COVID or whatever, but that sort of came out um, it, it, inadvertently, I suppose, yeah. as a result. It really of, comes out actually when yeah. when we played it on a Thank podcast. You. I could really kind of, mm. I really grasped oh, th- that instantly. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thank mm. you. Yeah. And I, and I think it's it's wanting to, even though it was an unconscious thing, wanting to express something of uh, of what we've all been through mm. because it's been huge. You can't ignore it, yeah. but at the same time, you don't want to be sort of too. Uh, on the nose mm. so uh, you know again it's putting myself in somebody else's shoes trying to imagine a situation where you can comment on things without being direct it's a, it's a bit like you know we touched on protest songs mm. earlier I, I you know the kind of protest songwriting that i don't necessarily always um feel that much uh in in, in tune with if you like is the kind of preachy you know, mm. oh, this is really bad. This is really bad. Yeah. yeah, I know it's bad. We all know that. You know, mm. those of us who are, you, you want to sort of find angles and ways of, of getting those points across yeah. without sort of beating people over the head with it. Yeah. Do you know, do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and I like to try and find an angle. So it's um. So yeah, it's, it's definitely it's definitely gone into the songwriting, mm. and I, I'm just sort of feeling good about feeling able to. to to, um, to, yeah. to look at writing again and stuff, yeah. and and I I'm sure it will come out more there are stories to be told and even well just on that very point um again hopefully what i hope will be another silver lining would be that when we get through the other side of this um 
um, the art will be the kind of, you know, it will help churn people's motivation to express through songwriting or 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 writing in general or or painting about their experiences because as we know before you know if we you know there's been the comparisons to you know wartime and we know what came out of war or the poetry or the kind of you know stories that came out even the comedy if you look at someone like spike milligan and that sort of thing so absolutely i hope that yeah i'm, I'm kind of banking on that um i'm hoping i'm not sounding too premature with that but um, it's certainly, think, it's certainly right. inspired me. Yeah, yeah, because that's that's how we that's how we process that stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, as individuals, yes, but also as um, uh, as a race, as a species. You know, we, yeah. we process it by by and through mm. art, mm. and I think that's why. Again, going back to what we were saying earlier, why I think um, you know, look, looking into the shadows and, and the dusty <laughs> corners of a room and stuff, you know, for inspiration and things to yeah. comment on is. is why that's so intriguing because it's, it's part and parcel of, I mean, I love, I love writing a song or starting to write a song and not quite knowing what I think about the subject. Yeah. Cause I sometimes get to the end and it, I've worked through a, a process of thought, if you like. And at the end I think, Oh, you let, you let the song write itself. In, it's the right, writes itself in a way. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, ex- yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's so exciting to sort of, um, write a couple of lines and think, Oh, I like that. Yeah. I, I think I know where it's going to go, but I'm not sure. And then to sort of go on that journey. and Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, as I, as I said to, we've had a few writers um, on the podcast, and what I've said to them is that, you know, the other end of this, when and where it'll be, and I know it's going to be a new normal because I think, you know, um, we've all been changed. I think society's been changed yeah. forever by this. But, you know, bookshops... Um, you know, publishers might help might be inundated by people's diaries or stories about COVID. And from as we have you, I'd like to think that also record dealers, record shops will be inundated by <laughs> demos of people's, you know, songs about COVID and their experiences that hopefully will resonate with a wider audience. Which might be the thing that helped get the, the wheels rolling again is to, you know, the arts in general and, and music and live gigs and that, I think that's an excellent point. Yeah. Excellent point. Yeah, because we, we, we have to you know, the artistic community has to comment on this, has to process it, because that's that's mm. what we all look to, isn't it? Um, yeah. You know, we, we all do that. We look to literature and, and films and mm. music, you know, to help us make sense Film, of, yeah. of yeah. what we've been through. We have all been through this. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I, I tell you, it's just, you know, can, can you imagine when this is over, that, that first gig that any of us <laughs> yeah. get to go to or get to play yeah. or that, that first hug? You know, with with somebody that you have not seen for for a year, or, or maybe never met. You know, you just have a moment. Those, well, those even first, even going to a gig, even fun. even if because I think social distancing might be is going to be with us for a while. But even if going to yeah. a gig and and you, you have to respect that, I mean, that's fair enough. I just want to see live. I just want to. I just want to be. I just want to hit by. I want to hit. I want to be hit by those sound waves coming off the stage. You know, and just like you know, oh, just wow. <laughs> Nothing beats it. Nothing beats it. I am. I am with you all the way there. But <laughs> with you all the way. <laughs> Steve, um, we've come to the end of this podcast. It's been an absolute delight to to have you on, and and, and it's looking been a and pleasure, man. Thank sounding you. so well, considering what you you've been through. And uh, as I say, yeah, I mean, um, this whole thing with long COVID, but it sounds like you're 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 getting through the, the you've got through the worst of it, and it's hopefully yeah. you even have longer stretches of health. Thank you, um, thank you. Uh, yes. Likewise, mate. All the best. Thank, and, thanks uh, for having me on. Yeah. And uh, yeah, thank you, you too, bro. And um, 
yeah, I wish all your listeners all the best as well. And yeah, keep taking care. And um, congratulations on 40 podcasts as well. That's Thank awesome. You. Thanks very much. Thank yeah, all the best, my friend. Thank well, this, um, yeah, this last song, amongst other things, is about uh, is about how uh, the light shines brightest in the dark, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So it felt like a good song to end on. Um, awesome. We're going we're to get to that. So this is called I Spat Fire. I spat fire in the tent where flowers bloom. True to my intent, the flames did not consume, but illuminated beauty in every tree all in duty. When I spat fire in the tent where flowers bloom. Stars they shine so bright on the blackest night, and the day somehow obscures their unequaled light. Oh, but when the sun goes down, when darkness gathers around, that's when the stars they shine so bright on the blackest night. Yeah. 